welcome to the ACOFP Student Podcast, a production of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians. Hey, Dr. Williams, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing well, thanks for being willing to get on and record a podcast with me. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, why don't you start out with just introducing yourself, giving a brief outline of your career and your leadership roles for our students who maybe don't know who you are. I know a lot of students are going to know who you are, but. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, so my name's Bruce Williams. I'm family physician, obviously. Um, I practiced in eastern Jackson County, just outside of Kansas City for about 30 years. Um, I actually graduated from Kansas City University, College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm currently the Associate um, Dean of Clinical Education at KCU, so kind of made a big circle back here. Um, As far as leadership roles, um, I'm... Right now, I'm the immediate past president of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians, ACFP. Um, prior to that, I served on the Board of Governors. Um, I've been on the Board of Governors for about eight years now. Um, and I've also been the past, pre- I'm a past president of the Missouri um, Society of the American College of, AC- of American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians and the Missouri Association of, of Osteopathic um, physicians and surgeons. So, um, our, both our state organizations, um, and the national organization. Um, so I've done a few things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, done a few things. It's probably an understatement. So just in general, I mean, you've had really extensive leadership within family medicine and within the osteopathic world. Why should physicians or student physicians why should they be interested in participating in organized medicine in the first place? Well, as far as organized medicine is concerned, I think that it's important to be at the very minimum a member. Um, you have to realize that your organized medicine is the is how we advocate for our patients. So, um, you know, we all take uh, the osteopathic oath. Right. And in that is embedded in that is that we're going to advocate for our patients and and through our organized medicine memberships is how we do that. Um, Just about all of our organized medication or all of our organized medicine organizations um, have advocacy in their um, in their missions, Um, not just legislatively, but, you know, looking out for our practices, looking out for what's good and bad for our patients. Uh, It's not done through our hospital memberships. It's not done through the hospital organizations. It's not done through our healthcare systems. Um, Their priority is more looking at, uh, I don't want to say their own interests, but it really is, you know, how, what's their bottom line? Um, How are they going to be successful? Uh, but we really need to be careful and make sure that our patients are looked after uh, and that our patients' best interests are looked after. And, and I think, you know, we do that through organized medicine. 
I hope you don't mind. I added it as I was thinking about our conversation today, I added a few questions onto what I wanted to ask you. So I hope you don't mind of the ones I just sent over in the email I sent you. Um, but I was just wondering, like, if you think family doctors have a greater role to play in like advocacy and leadership in general because of kind of our place in preventative care and being having a different space in leadership as maybe other physicians would just because we do such holistic care for our patients? Well, I think the preventive care part of it is definitely there. But, you know, I think the, the big word in family practice is family. <clears throat> so, you know, we see the whole scope of healthcare really um, when, when we take care of our patients as family physicians. So we see the issues that um, our patients deal with in prenatal care and child and adolescent care in obstetrical care and adult medicine and geriatric medicine and end of life care. I mean, the, the whole scope of it. Um, and also we see the social determinants of health. We see the homeless, you know, we see the, the people that don't have transportation people that can't afford their medications, um, you know, those those issues that, that we have to deal with on a, on a regular basis as well. So as we're, you know, looking to be advocates for our patients and support our patients, um, you know, those are issues that we, we wrestle with. Not only, not only with the legislature, but, you know, in dealing with um, the healthcare systems and dealing with insurance companies and dealing with just um, the community and how do we get resources for our patients that they need. What do you think are some just basic tips, basic places students can start to start developing themselves as leaders? I think just having the interest in and be, being willing to engage. Um, you know, I, I guess I always saw myself as somebody who I don't like to listen to people complain. <laughs> and I didn't want to be one of those people that was a complainer. So I figure I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And, you know, if I have if I have an issue, if I have a concern, if I have, um, you know, a problem with something, I want to see what I can do to impact um, and be part of the solution. So you know, as you start going to meetings and they start having these discussions and as you start giving your input, people become aware of that. And, you know, obviously they're going to ask you to participate. So, you know, as you become involved in committees um, and start having those discussions, at some point, somebody's going to ask you to chair a committee. <clears throat> and then from there, you know, you are given opportunities for greater leadership roles and that's kind of how it starts and you know that's how it started with me I, I started going to my my local district meetings and then they asked me to be on a committee and then they asked me to be on the board of governors and you know you move your way up through the board of governors until you're eventually president and then somebody picks on you to be on, at the state level and it kind of goes from there it's not a lot different than um in your hospital system, you know, you're, you're assigned committees there. You don't really get a choice. <laughs> well, you get a choice, I guess, of committees, but you don't get a choice of not serving on one. Um, but, you know, 
eventually you'll get to be asked to be on the medical staff board and part of the medical staff and um, or or other different leadership roles. So, um, you know, for 20 years or so, when I was in practice, I worked for HCA and and was given some semi um, administrative roles there where um, I was, was, I was a facility lead. Uh, so I oversaw the employed physicians um, at the hospital, um, but also was involved in the, in our um, division as well um, as part of a leadership council. So uh, I think it's, I think it's being aware of, of what the issues are and, and, figuring out what your passion is um, in certain areas and then um, just being willing to stay engaged. One question I have is, you know, like you said, when you start being more engaged, you start getting more responsibilities is like put in more committees and, you know, be the leader of this. And how do you just avoid burnout as a leader because I can imagine it would be a lot like even as a student as you start you know you're the chapter president and then you start you know maybe you're on this committee and you help out with this thing at the conference and likewise when you're in practice I'm sure you have you know a family and your practice to balance and all these obligations so any tips on just you know avoiding burnout as a leader and um, having enough balance for everything I think at least for me, um, I didn't get burned out because I enjoyed it. And um, it, you're always, your role's always changing. So, you know, you're not in a particular leadership role forever. I mean, you're usually there for a year or two and then you move up or you move, sometimes you move down, but. Um, you know, it's not something that's, it's not something that's forever. So uh, I think, you know, it was some of the anticipation of what's coming next um, is there because, you know, like when you get on a board of governors, you know, you're a board member for a few years, but you're given different roles as, so as far as the ACFP board, you know, we, we come on the board, but we, every year we get to be a department chair. Um, and every year those those responsibilities change. So, you know, you get used to the group of committees and everything that you're overseeing in one year, and then you move to the next year. And then eventually you move up to the executive committee. So secretary treasurer or president elect. And um, and then, you know, comes the and, and the responsibility there is quite a bit different. <laughs> um you know, there's there's more travel involved and that kind of thing. So it's it. I guess I never got burned out on that because there was always new and different things coming. Um, and even you know, you start out at the local level and then you get to the state level, and then there's you know, there's more networking. You get to meet more people. You get to do different things, and and so along with these roles come other opportunities. So it, I think it's hard to get too um, routine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know for me, I mean, it's just kind of more rejuvenating to interact with other people and feel like you're making a difference. And it's fun, like you said, always meeting new people. So that's I awesome. I think people who, 
people who are leaders um, feel that way. Um, they don't see it as a, a burden. Uh, I think people who aren't necessarily cut out for leadership roles, you know, they're, and you'll hear, I mean, you'll meet them and I'm sure you know them. They don't really want to be involved. They just want to kind of stay in their own space and do their own thing and, and not get involved. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I think there's, there's ways for people to be engaged and people ways for people to participate without actually having to take on a leadership role. But obviously we need leaders. So, um, you know, we need people, we need new thoughts. We need new ideas. We need um, people who are going to help move organizations and, and healthcare forward. So, you know, the um, healthcare, the practice of medicine, um, even five years ago is vastly different than what it is now. And it's going to be vastly different in five years. So, you can't have people that look like me um, calling the shots forever because it's, you know, first of all, I don't represent everybody. And second of all, you know, what you're learning in medical school is, is a lot different than, than what I learned. So, and healthcare has changed and we have to be willing to adapt and, and, and grow. So um, and in order for that to happen, the people that, lead our organizations and people that are, you know, leading our hospitals have to be able to, to do that as well. How do you develop sustainable leaders who will go on to become leaders at multiple stages in their career at the local, state, national, the hospital level? Because, you know, something that I've noticed is like just in my local chapters, it doesn't matter how much work you put in, if there's not people to carry on and improve upon what you've done after you leave that level, then all the work you did wasn't like super sustainable. So. Well, I, I think, you know, leaders, a lot of leadership is by example. So you know, um, you're always looking for the people who are coming after you. And I, I think um, one of the big focuses now um, is on leadership development. So I know my state um, organization has a leadership development committee. ACFP now has leadership development committee. And really the goal is for those leaders is to, is to look for um, the future leaders. So, you know, we have, so ACFP has our future leaders um, event every year. Um, where we recruit people to be re to be future leaders and provide them with some training, but also after that, how do we continue to develop them as leaders? So we want to try to identify what their talents are and steer them in towards directions where their skills and their talents are going to be mo most useful, um, and encourage them to continue to develop themselves as leaders. So obviously you don't know everything there is to know about a leader coming out of the box. I mean, it's something that you continually have to learn and grow and develop. And, you know, everybody's leadership style is different. So, you know, as you're around different leaders, you pick up um, – you learn things about what it is to be a leader and how to how to develop as a leader. And that's something that's ongoing. So 
Are there any main leadership tips you would like to leave with the students from your many, many years of experience? Um, have fun with it. You know, I think there's there's lots of opportunities um, as you take on some of these roles. It actually helps open doors for you. Um, you know, in in your career path. Um, you know, depending on depending on what you might be aspiring to. Um, you know, that helps um, just like, you know, when you're trying to get into a residency, the the posters that you do and the research that you've done and those types of things are helpful. But um, as you are, are getting into leadership roles and are successful in leadership roles, um, that helps build your resume. And, um, you know, the if you're looking to get into academic medicine or even um, administrative medicine, um, those roles are really attractive to people that are trying to um, find those types of leaders. And, you know, uh, take advantage of other opportunities. If there's opportunities to get a master's level, um, that kind of thing, uh, you know, that help that helps as well. So. Hey, well, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. I know we wanted to do this more at the conference, but then we just ran out of time. There's never enough time at the conference to do everything we want to do. So really appreciate you hopping on with us here so that we can disseminate it to all our students, not just the chapter presidents. So thank you so much and look forward to seeing you at the conference this year or, or some other ACOFU events. So. Absolutely. It's been great talking to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Right. The ACOFP Student Podcast is a production of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians. To learn more about ACOFP, please visit www.acofp.org. Looking for more resources on OMT? Visit ACOFP's OM Teaching at www.acofpomteaching.com and ask your institution if they subscribe so you can have access to over 150 OMT videos and support materials.